The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group, Ohio. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's Consumer Warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. There is a season Well, good morning, boys and girls, and welcome to There's a Season, the Bob and Gloria show, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. Gloria's off today, but I do uh, thank you for being with us today. 457-1290 is the number if you'd like to join the program at any point, and I hope you do, because I'd like to challenge you today to really think about, this is where you fill in the blank, what are Bob and Gloria going to talk about this week? I want to talk to you about our national discourse and what our personal discourse has become as a result of some of the national issues, the major issues we see in the news, what's happened in the tenor of our politics here. We've just come through another tumultuous week of national political news, right? The Attorney General for our country, Attorney General Barr, has uh, finished testimony about the Robert Mueller report, and we're not going to go over all the details of that and get into the whys and the wherefores and, and whatnot, but Certainly glad we put all that to bed, right? Yeah, not really. It's going to go on. Uh, and while this show here doesn't seek to add uh, more traditional political talk, as in the past, what we do talk about here in this program is the tone of our politics. What has it done to our uh, nation uh, in terms of how we engage each other on issues? What happens when you have the constant drumbeat of politics going on all the time, 24-7, the constant commentary. What role does it play in our lives? And uh, I'd like to challenge you to think about that today as we go through the program, because we talk about all kinds of stuff here. But chief among them, perhaps, is what happens with our relationships? Naturally, we, we get into a lot of relational talk when we're talking about caregiving and things like that. But our relationships do also uh, bend a little, suffer perhaps, uh, tear at the seams a little bit, on other issues that come up in our friendships and in our families and so forth. And uh, we're going to talk about some of that today. And it also reminds me of something that Senator uh, Ben Sass of Nebraska has asked in his best-selling book, Them, when he asks, what is really keeping us apart? What is making us so lonely as a nation? And I'm going to ask today, what is polarizing us so much? You know, for many people, life is much absorbed in going about daily business, right? We have jobs that need attention. We have families that need our care. We've got grocery shopping to do. We've got to get gas for the car. We've got things to fix. We've got things to take care of around the house. And a hundred other things that are more important than what's on the cable news or what every other utterance might be from our political celebrities and our other Hollywood celebrities. You want proof? Well, here's some proof. As much as, let's say, Fox News has dominated its more liberal competitors in the cable news category, often besting their programs by significant numbers of viewers, take Sean Hannity's program at 9 o'clock, primetime. He, uh, he normally garners something like 3 million viewers on an average night. But while he's doing that and being very successful within the segment of cable news, the top cable show overall in the last several weeks has been HBO's Game of Thrones, with nearly four times that audience in the hotly contested 18 to 49-year-old demographic. So if, um, if you compare then the top-ranked Fox News program to all shows, that is, including broadcast and cable, Sean Hannity's show doesn't even break the top 25 weekly shows in audience viewership. But if you watch news all the time, you would think that the world is concerned about what goes on on the major cable networks and in the news programming on uh, the traditional broadcast networks. You would think news is everything. What happens in Washington is the center of our world. Now, that's not to say that news, you know, national uh, television news or talk radio, for that matter, don't matter. They obviously do. It's uh, obviously the, the foundation for us being able to do this program here. 
But it is to say that much of America looks at the political theater played out in our cable and network news and kind of shrugs its shoulders. You know, there's a certain apathy that I think sets in where people say, they're all liars and crooks or, or something like that, right? Maybe not something so acerbic, but there's a tendency to kind of have a jaded look at what's going on on the TV all the time. The latest alert, the latest breaking news about something uh, that's happened in Washington. Maybe the reaction is simply, I've got better things to do. And who hasn't had that feeling every once in a while? Especially after several years now of investigations and claims of collusion and obstruction and, and then our current administration being cleared of such things, and yet the drama continues to unfold. It is relentless in furthering the discord in our nation. There seems to be no end to the soundbite slams and the Twitter grenades tossed back and forth. Is this to say again that there haven't been weighty considerations? Well, they certainly have, have been. Is this to say that all investigations are trivial? No, but it is to say that it would now seem that regardless of who wins elections and who triumphs in this or that investigation or on a particular issue, that ultimately it doesn't really matter. The country seems split regardless. The country seems invested in being split. We have a populace that when it does turn its attention to matters of national importance, seems to dismiss any possibility of collaboration or compromise and would rather simply fight, fight at all costs. Some historians have speculated that the country has never been as polarized as it is now, except for perhaps during the Civil War and the battle over slavery. And why? Why? Do we have those kinds of crises going on right now? Do we truly have constitutional crises popping up all the time? Or has that just become something people like to say? There are probably a lot of reasons. You know, conflict sells, right? When you can put this person against that person and say, hey, watch, watch what happens here. The news media has made millions of dollars over the he said, she said conflict of the last several years. We also have a president particularly adept at triggering responses uh, from his opposition through the sharpness of his tweets. I mean, does the man ever sleep? At <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning, he launches something out there. And some people love that. They eat that up. And other people say, oh, there he goes again. You know, and then we're back fighting some more. We also have millions of previously voiceless people who now vent their spleens on social media simply because they can. And again, as many people use Twitter, more people don't. But... You would think that everybody's out there tweeting and throwing this opinion out and throwing that opinion out. Of course, it's fun for a lot of people to trash the next guy, right? I even uh, track some uh, sports you know, uh, blogs and so forth. And you might get to the end of a sports story. And then at the end of the sports story written by whoever the reporter is, whoever the, uh, the beat reporter is for that team, there's some back and forth social media at the end of the article. And inevitably, by the time you get down five or six or seven uh, lines down there, people are trashing each other within that environment, calling each other names, saying you're an idiot, you don't have a good opinion. And so it just seems to be the thing to do that because you've got a forum, you're going to be uh, contrary. You're going to be in conflict. That's part of the fun. Or is it something else? Is it a sense of loneliness? Is it isolation? And we're going to talk about more of that today because that's the kind of thing we care about here. We care what's happening intimately in our relationships, you know, one-to-one, -one, but we also care at the wider level what's happening with our society. And, you know, we've got a nation here that's got all the technology in the world, but is that the answer? We also have an education system that has become increasingly incapable of teaching history, context, and critical thought. So basically, if you have a feeling then it really doesn't matter what the facts are a lot of the times, and it doesn't really matter what has come before you. You are your reality. You are correct in all you think and say. You deserve our full attention and respect and deference, right? Well, maybe, maybe. You'd like to think that things could exist in the arena of ideas with debate. But that's hard when everybody's shouting, and it's hard when you have, you know, 28 seconds to get your thoughts across in a segment. So we stand around a lot of times, and uh, look to seek out through technology our individuality, we trend away from institutions that have traditionally given the country some sense of common purpose 
and we avoid those things that maybe point toward community and collaboration almost at all costs. Why should I agree with you? You're different. Or, without saying it, your tribe is different from my tribe. And that's much of the world that has been fostered by the 24-7 news cycle and the social media mix, with everybody shouting over the next person. There are many others who have weighed in on this notion or this idea of polarization. I'm going to share some of their insights today and try to approach it here a little bit from politics, a little bit from psychology, some from religion and faith. But I also welcome your input on the program today. Why is the country so polarized? 457-1290-937-457-1290 from anywhere in the area to weigh in on this topic. Now, that very title, Why Are We So Polarized, was taken up by Elizabeth Hopper, who wrote for... um, an article for healthpsych.com, and this is back in the heat of the previous election cycle. An awful lot was written about this in that whole 2015, 16, 17 area. And she writes here that after the death of Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, many Americans were surprised to learn that Scalia was a close friend of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Who'd have thunk it, right? Despite the fact that the two had opposite views on many issues, they maintained a close friendship. Ginsburg even stated that she and Scalia were best buddies. As one political correspondent commented, they like to fight things out in good spirit, in fair spirit, not the way we see debates these days on television. I bet they actually listen to each other, too. Scalia and Ginsburg's friendship was noteworthy to so many people for precisely this reason. It seems so unexpected in our current era of political polarization, especially in light of the political debates that have been occurring And, of course, she's referring to the past election cycle. Uh, It was surprising to see two people form a friendship despite disagreeing on issues. So, Elizabeth Hopper asks in this article, have politics really become more polarized today than in the past? What can be done about it? Are we more polarized? Well, according to recent research, Democrats and Republicans are indeed more polarized, and the two parties have become more polarized in the last few decades. However, the amount of polarization today isn't actually as extreme as you might expect. In one survey, participants were asked to state their own views on issues such as health care, defense, government spending, and so forth, and to ask or to guess how many members of the other party felt the same on that issue. The researchers found that participants thought Democrats were more liberal than was actually the case, and that Republicans were more conservative than was actually the case. One especially interesting finding was that people with more extreme attitudes tended to think the two parties are especially polarized. In other words, if you hold extreme views yourself, you might assume that everyone on the opposite side of the aisle is equally extreme, even if this isn't necessarily the case. So that's just a little glimpse at some of the research, making me wonder, is the whole idea of polarization something manufactured? Or is it true? Is it really going on? And I'd love to know your thoughts again. We're going to get into this even more. We're going to talk about why some people think it goes on, and maybe what we can do here to turn down the tone of some of the more polarized discussions we have in our country. So 457-1290, when we come back from the break, 457-1290, we'll get you on and we'll start talking about this conversation. Is America polarized today? Do you feel that after watching so much news and conflict in the last several years? We'll get to that when we come back. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 1959 was a very special year. Do you know why? Hi, this is Randy from Green Velvet Sod Farms. And this year, we're celebrating our 60th year in business. Green Velvet's founders, Ray and Mary Tischer, planted the seeds that would become Green Velvet on their farm near Bellbrook back in 1959. Over time, as the farm grew, our customers asked us for additional products to help grow and maintain plants in the landscape, such as grass seed, fertilizers, weed killers. And what was a small sod farm back in 1959, today grows over 700 acres of instant lawn sod and distributes a wide range of turf and ornamental supplies, serving the needs of landscape professionals throughout Ohio. 
Put 60 years of experience to work for you. Our team of turf professionals can provide you with solutions to all of your needs in the landscape. With four locations throughout Dayton and Columbus, the Green Velvet Advantage is not far away. Check out our website at greenvelvet.com. And remember, it's easy to be green with Green Velvet. Instead of being exposed to stock market losses, what if you could have the opportunity to get substantial bonuses on your retirement accounts? and the potential to participate in stock market gains without any participation in stock market losses. Call Rusty Miller for your complimentary retirement and income kit and annuity rate report at 844-912-7233. That's 844-912-SAFE. 844-912-7233. Hothead Burritos is celebrating Cinco de Mayo with $5 burritos and bowls from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. All day long, Sunday, May 5th. Tell your friends all burritos and bowls will be just five bucks each this Sunday, May 5th until 9 p.m. at your Hothead Burritos. Starting off with areas of patchy fog around the Miami Valley, temperatures near 50 degrees as we go throughout the day, passing showers mostly through the afternoon. Areas to the south, you'll see those showers lasting into the evening as well. Into the overnight hours, skies clearing up, temperatures dropping to 47 degrees and we'll start off Sunday with sunny skies and a high near 70 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There's a Season. I'm Bob Wolf. Glad you're with us this morning. We're talking today about why do things seem so polarized in our country? Why is there so much... Uh, Angst, it would seem, uh, a lot of times. Why people you know, are going on marches, they're they're consuming news, record-breaking audiences, and so forth. Why does the country seem so polarized? And is there is this historically different? Is this something that we can step back from? Is there a way to have a sensible conversation anymore about this? Four, five, seven, twelve, ninety. We're going to explore some more of the reasons here in just a moment. I'd like to welcome Edward to the program from Dayton. Edward, you're up. How are you? Yes, Bob. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. So, uh, Bob, I wanted to point out the uh, – I, I think that some of the polarizations um, that, that you speak of um, have always been there uh, since the foundation of the country. But I think with the uh, uh, the last 25 years, uh, with the implementation of uh, gadgetries and cell phones and media and Twitter and Facebook and the like, it's given people, ordinary Joes and Susies, a uh, sort of platform to sort of uh, say things or do things they normally would not have previous. And and I think that the um, the more liberal politicians, perhaps, um, in, in in our in our in our government, has picked up on that and sort of used them as this uh, scale. Uh, to figure out just where they stand, and, and if they, you know, they figure they could sensationalize these polarizations and really pit people against one another uh, to see, you know, to see uh, to see who stands where when the, you know, when the dust settles, and then they can, um, you know, cater to those voters. And, and as the last five years or so, I mean, it's obviously very extreme. Um, but I just think it's uh, they, they've tried to make it popular, and, and they've got the uh, the mainstream media on their side because obviously, uh, as you said before, you know the the conflict sells, and they make millions. Do you think anybody? Um, one of the things I've wondered here in watching, uh, if if you ever watch cable news in an evening, I get very frustrated because I, I'm within you know I'm in the media. I understand there's always a clock running, there's always a commercial break coming up. Uh, we struggle here to get through our topics sometimes week to week, as people know. But uh, I noticed that a lot of times they'll take on some weighty issue, put up three or four faces across the screen, expect everybody to get a couple of cracks at bat, and then they just leave you with this this little taste. But it's all unfinished business. It's not like, you know, Bill Buckley years ago doing Crossfire or, or uh, Dick Cavett having somebody on or having a longer segment where people can honestly learn, listen to each other, debate. It all seems crammed together. Uh, so that whoever shouts the loudest or comes up with the great, you know, five-second soundbite wins that segment. Is that how you see it? Uh, it for, for the most part, that sounds fair and accurate. 
um, you know, the talking heads issue, um, they're, they're, they never offer any resolution. It's like a, it's like a constant saga um, where, where uh, you know, make sure and tune in tomorrow uh, to pick up where we left off. About <laughs> it's like about a soap nothing. opera. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes. basically like a soap opera. We're not going to offer you resolution. Uh, we're not going to offer any sort of uh, insight on on what my particular party or constituencies believe or should you know, think that we should vote uh, in, in this manner or the other. Uh, they're basically talking about nothing. They're talking about arguing uh, just by virtue of, of that. And they could agree on something. That's the thing. They say, well, Bob, I agree on you on this, but we're going to have to argue about that. Right. Uh, as opposed to just saying, well, well, I agree with you on this, and I think this is the way that we can mend or uh, uh, be bipartisan, or we can collaborate um, our efforts into achieving this for America. Because I'm not, I'm not conservative. I'm not liberal. I'm not a libertarian. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm an American. I, I, I'm, I fought for the, uh, I fought for the country in, in, in Iraq. I was in the Invasionary Force in 2003, and. And, and it makes me sick the type of things that they that they argue about. But one thing I tell you is this: is with the with the issues that the Democratic Party is pitting uh, our own people against one another with, that makes me want to never vote for a Democrat ever again. Mainly because of the, the stylistic nature of how they're going about it, or how they're framing the, the... exploitations, the exploitations of its own people. Mm-hmm. Um, Bringing fifty thousand uh, Venezuelans to the border, saying "Let me in." Um, the, you know, uh, talking about just even considering post-birth abortions. Right. You know, right. who who thought that was a good idea to to birth a baby and then kill it? I mean, I I don't know what that means. I, I mean, it, it's sounds like murder to me. That's that's a United States citizen legally. But it's all yeah. Belief, yes. But. It's all put out there in advance as uh, just simply one more choice on the table. Uh, there, there are many issues related to sexuality and gender, which have kind of uh, come upon the country here in the last five to ten years. And simply because someone brings it up and finds the right justice uh, and the right lawyer, uh, we have you know major shifts uh, in the in the body politic here and what goes on um, because it's gone through some litigious manner um, and and been kind of thrust at people without open debate, without a lot of reasonable debate about it. Hey, Edward, sure. are you able to stick around for a moment? Yes, sir. Okay, i got a break for the news here, uh, but I'll ask you to hold on if you can. 457-1290, we're talking today about polarization. What do you think? Is the country more or less polarized than it was in the past, especially people are vintage citizens? I'd love to hear from you today on this. And what do you think we can do to maybe dial the tone down a little bit and have reasonable conversation with those we love and respect? 457-1290 when we continue. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 930. I'm John Tisdale with a WHIO News Update or Top Story. It is an overcast and foggy start to your Saturday. We're expected to see more rain today before conditions improve. A rainy season has another round of showers to come, but some uh, sunshine in the forecast. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag, your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now, WHIO Triple Team Travel dealing with the pretty decent driving conditions on the roadways, on the freeways. If you're traveling southbound 75 for Needmore Road to US 35, it's a five-mile drive. It's going to take you about five minutes point to point. Our top story, we're seeing overcast skies this morning and some fog. Storm Center 7 meteorologist Jesse Mag says we have a chance to see more rain today before conditions improve. We are now starting to pick up some showers as expected in Indiana, creeping closer and closer. Kind of a scattered look to start off the day. As we get later into the day, a larger system moving in. That's going to bring us the chance for more of that heavy precipitation moving in. We're going to be tracking that. Jesse has the full forecast coming up in just a moment. All the rain we've seen the last few days and uh, is starting to, we're starting to see standing water in the fields. Our James Ryder has been driving around this morning, continues team coverage from Beaver Creek. Some of the standing water in these fields, it's all just kind of 
piling up. We saw it go out into the roads yesterday, just covering everything because the ground is just so saturated. You go anywhere and your foot almost immediately sinks into the ground. Again, we have the f- more details from Jesse in that full forecast coming up in just seconds. Now to Jacksonville, a Boeing 737 charter plane with 143 people on board traveling from Guantanamo Bay, Cuba to Florida slid off the runway at Naval Station Jacksonville last night and ended up in the St. Johns River at the end of the runway. Jacksonville Fire and Rescue guys said that their special operations team had just trained for something just like this with their Marine units earlier in the day. So. They were ready. Reporter Isa, Isa Hosny says 21 people were taken to an area hospital and expected to be okay. You may want to check your freezer this morning. Tyson Foods is recalling over 1 million pounds of frozen ready-to-eat chicken strip products. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food and Safety and Inspection says that may be contaminated with pieces of metal. The product subject to the recall bear the establishment number, quote, P-7221. On the back of the package, you can see more details on this story by going to our website, WHIO. Now the most accurate and dependable forecast here, Storm Center 7 meteorologist Jesse Mag. Starting off with areas of patchy fog around the Miami Valley, temperatures near 50 degrees as we go throughout the day, passing showers mostly through the afternoon. Areas to the south, you'll see those showers lasting into the evening as well. Into the overnight hours, skies clearing up, temperatures dropping to 47 degrees and we'll start off Sunday with sunny skies and a high near 70 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Latest scan the live Doppler 7 radar showing cloudy skies, seeing some rain falling in Clinton County, and we're also watching a line of showers in Indiana, some light rain falling now in Hamilton, currently in the Butler County. Currently, we've got 54 degrees in Beaver Creek, 52 degrees in Springfield, 52 degrees in Dayton at 933. I'm John Tisdale, WHIO Continuing News. The check engine light is on in Washington, but politicians keep driving the car as if nothing is happening. There it is again. It's Social Security. Hi, I'm Mike Martinez, founder of The Pension Group. A new government report says that Social Security trust fund will run out by the year 2034. And that it costs will exceed revenues this year for just the second time in more than three decades. What does that mean for you? When should you start taking benefits or for your spouse? And how can you get every dollar of Social Security you're rightfully entitled to? Find out what your choices are by calling me at 937-669-7094. I've been helping clients tune up their retirement decisions for over two decades. My team and I don't work for the government, but we know Social Security. Call me, 937-669-7094, and we can help you find out how to get every dollar of Social Security you rightfully are entitled to. 937-669-7094. Investment advisory services offered through the Pension Group. Hi, Pete Kasuja here in Old North Dayton, where my wife Shirley and I started our garden center in 1963, and now we have customers who come to us every year from Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. The reason for such loyalty is because they know that we have thousands of shade trees, fruit trees, weeping trees, dwarf trees, evergreens, and flowering shrubs, all ready to load. We also have 16 greenhouses where we grow thousands of bonsai trees and indoor plants and garden plants, berry and fruit plants, and don't forget our green mat grass seed. So today, mow in May. We're about a mile east of the Stanley Avenue exit on I-75, so come out to 1309 Brant Pike and be dazzled. Get local news when you want it. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO have flash briefings now available on your Amazon Echo. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. And what about you over there? Why are you different than me? Why are you saying what you say? I'm not going to listen to you because I'm feeling particularly polarized today. I'm going to stay over here in my camp where it's safe, and you can stay over there in your camp. But, of course, we can write about each other when no one's looking on Twitter. Isn't that how it goes nowadays? At least for a certain segment of the population. We're talking about the polarization of America 
Is it a real thing? Has it become worse in the last decade, last few years, or is it something that is manufactured? Love to know your thoughts today. 457-1290-937-457-1290, anywhere in the area. I, of course, have got some additional thoughts on the matter, which I'll share with you shortly. But we were in the midst of having a good conversation, <coughs> Edward and I. Edward, welcome back to the program. How are you? Yes, sir. Thank you, Bob. All right. You you and I were uh, having a conversation about some of this and whether it was a sensationalized thing. Uh, but we also talked a little bit offline about whether or not uh, our cultural upbringing uh, affects sometimes our posture, our position with regard to this this idea of whether we're polarized or not. Uh, talk a little bit about what, what you meant on that. Sure. Uh, well, it, for, for most people, like, like you'd mentioned before, um, the, the, the importance of political issues and, and, and how, how things are going in Washington with their particular uh, elected officials uh, takes a backseat to Game of Thrones and and and, uh, and and Angry Birds and stuff like that on people's phones. And what the only thing they know is what the media tells them. And, and they, quite frankly, they just they can't really care that much because it's hard. It's hard to care about everything. And you know, you mentioned people have lives, they have kids, they have jobs. It's just too daggone hard to care that much. So it becomes easier. And uh, as, as great as Americans are and as great as they've always been, they will tend to make uh, things easier for themselves and eventually uh, take the easy way out, uh, be it choosing the, uh, the automatic can opener uh, or, or, uh, or just the garage the, uh, uh, election box and just, and just putting in the vote that they and their parents have always voted for. I've right. always voted Republican. Party I've line. You just Democrat. go in and, you know. Pull all the same levers, and, and you don't even know who half these people are sometimes, right? Or what some of the it's, issues are. It's yeah. much easier, and it's and it's it's better for your stress levels and better for your blood pressure in the short run. But in the end, you vote a particular way, then you wonder why. Well, why the heck is this, or why the heck is that? Well, you voted for it, and and you didn't pay attention. And no, the Republican Party today is not the same as it was in 1955. And no, the Democrats are not the same today as they were in the Jimmy Carter era. Right. So these labels matter. And it's one of the things that this Elizabeth Hopper was talking about in her article about why are we why are politics so polarized? And she mentions in here that we uh, you know, once we identify with a party, it tends to shape how we evaluate policies going forward. So you think about yourself as a young person and, you know, your, your education, you're still in your formative years and maybe you haven't been fully trained in logic or maybe you haven't been trained in debate and so forth. But you say, well, gee, what are we? And somebody says, well, we're Democrats or we're Republicans or we're this or that. And so then you, you start to say, well, I wonder what fits into that box, you know, and then so immediately you have this. And that's part of that's part of the culture we pass on. It could be the same as anything we pass on, you know, how to change the spark plugs in a car, how to throw a ball, you know, how to cook a dinner. There's a lot of things we we transmit to our our kids that are values, including some of how we feel politically. But then I think it becomes shorthand for an awful lot of folks who don't have the time or don't want to do the work on issues. It's a lot easier to just say that point forward. Well, what is the news telling me or what is my favorite Democratic or Republican star telling me? You know, what should I be believing in? And do you think that goes on all the time? Oh, absolutely. All the time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll ask that question with another question. How come it seems, and, and I, I don't have any, uh, uh, hard data in front of me to, to cite my reference at this point, but um, I will do. I will say it does seem that um, a particular American family from from Maine to San Diego, um, how how and why is it that um, you know little Billy or Damon grows up and he has these ideas and he, you know he becomes a teenager, he becomes sixteen and starts to formulate his own beliefs and. They generally lean towards uh, liberal democratic views, per se, um, until he turns about 30 or 25, somewhere in there, or more like 30 today, and starts having kids and actually gets a job. Right, and, then, right. and, then, and then he starts to see, okay, well, I've lived a little bit of life, and now that I've seen the life, uh, now my views seem to be more uh, on the conservative side or a Republican side. Um, so, so why is that? Um, and, and, you know, it, you get to the point where you're like, oh, uh, 
dad was right. You know, dad was right all along. And, yeah. and I think that, um, I think that's part of the, I think that's part of the, uh, polarization, um, is, is that it's always been there. It's been there since, you know, since Roman times or even earlier. Uh, the, the civilizations across the world have always had it. Yeah, uh, and, within, it, and there are generational uh, difficulties, you know, that or, or tensions that start to uh, prop up. And there's a there's a certain conceit. Nobody will deny that about youth. Uh, I think youth live in the the air the arena of the possible. And the tendency is they to, don't know anything yet. Right, right. So it's all possible. It's somewhat utopian, and I think education. Uh, kind of works in that direction because it is the exploration of of uh, uh, ideas, but not so much anymore, again, the transmitting of history. It, there's almost a sense, there's almost a conceit, what I've mentioned here, I think, in recent weeks, of my dad used to say, the church of last Tuesday. Because I'm new, because I'm young, because I've thought these things and I'm wondering and pondering these issues, well, certainly myself and my peers, you know, amongst us, we ought to be able to figure out or intuit the correct answer for the age, rather than looking back over their shoulder and say, oh my gosh, you know, the people in the previous generation did this and the ones before them and the ones before them. I wonder what I could learn from that. I wonder what I could learn from a philosopher from four or 500 years ago on this very topic. And that's the, I think that's the conceit. A lot of young people will come up, and I think a lot of education is pointed toward this utopian thing that suddenly we'll figure it out today and that history doesn't matter. And so we rehash a lot of the same arguments over and over again. And, and I, that sounds uh, th- that sounds spot on to me, Bob. That's uh, um, you know, let me make my own mistake, and that's normal. You know, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're all gonna we're all gonna take our parents' car at some point. Oh, well, maybe not so much anymore. Um, Edward. But, <laughs> but, when I, but when I was young, yeah, I'm gonna take Dad's car, and I'm gonna go, and 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 he, you know, I'm gonna spend all the gas and get in trouble. You know, I. I knew that he did it when he was a kid, and I'm doing it when I'm a kid, and and I'm I'm paving my own way. Yeah. But where it becomes dangerous is when uh, political parties or um, or media exploits the ignorance and negligence of our country's youth and plays on that and and pits them against. A whole other demographic of the whole, of the country, right? And right. and that's where you get to us and them. And saying like, no, it's not us and them. Uh, we're in the same neighborhood. That that's that's my kid, or that's my nephew, or hey, that's my neighbor, uh, right. or hey, I live a mile down the road, and 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 they are they are they're trying to sensationalize, for lack of a better term, the polarization of uh, American youth or the elderly. Or the working class, um, and they are doing, you know, it's almost like a science experiment. That they're trying to figure out where people stand and what we're willing to do uh, for our beliefs. And 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 the the Democrats, I believe, are doubling down um, and just going completely insane. Um, and and I think they are. I think they weighed out. We have this uh, this core group of voters. Um, and, and they are not, uh, you know, there's not enough of them. So we are going to try something else. Yeah. And it's simple science, Bob. I mean, if, if, if you are a political party and be it, be it libertarian, Republican or what, and you are, you are exercising a particular work ethic and you are, you know, you're, you're campaigning on particular issues and you're promising this or promising that to, to your people and your voters. Um, and, and all people, not just your voters, but all of America. And it's not working. Well, if something's not working, stop what you're doing and start doing something else. And that's exactly what the Democrats are doing. And they are more successful at it than the Republicans, in my opinion. And yeah, I working. think. I, I they think... are convincing a garrison, generations of people, that what they have is a good idea. Well, at least at, at least it, 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 they're making the most out of, of making these people useful. Uh, there will become some point where, uh, you know, while they play to a lot of the uh, extreme issues and so forth, you got to feel that in some ways these people who are 50 years older than the AOCs of the world are going to get fed up and just simply say, okay, well, we'll make the most of your new, I- your new ideas 
and your extreme positions until we can get back to some centrist position and win another election. Um, yeah, the, the, the easiest thing that they're, the, the thing they're doing is it's actually quite simple. Uh, we, we'd mentioned the implementation of smartphones and, 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 and social media. Um, when you can make your minority idea seem like it's the world's greatest, best thing since sliced bread, um, and uh, everybody's going to buy it. Everybody's buying what you're selling uh, because they think that it is the world's best thing when it's actually not. But if you have the media on your side, the particular liberal media, um, then then you can do that. You can make a minority idea um, that would fit a small percentage of the populace seem like it's the best thing for the whole world. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's uh, that's a that's another big part of, of how they're doing it, because Americans are bandwagoners. Right. You know, I, I mean, people just jump on the bandwagon because it's the next best thing or the cool thing to do. Everybody's doing it, right? Yeah. Hey, Edward, I'm going to have to leave it there. I'm going to move on here a little bit, but I appreciate you joining me for conversation this morning. No, thank you, Mr. Wolf. I appreciate you. Thanks for thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thanks for being here. So we're talking today about polarization. You know what what's going on is as the media exploited. Um, you know, conflict and confrontation between our, our ourselves in our one-to-one relationships and our larger groups. Uh, are we pitted young against old because of the fact that uh, younger people still have some things to learn on the way? I've always said that young, you know, that that individuals tend to move to the right as they age, and that institutions tend to move to the left. And that's probably a whole other show. But it, you know, you ponder that for a little while and think about what's gone on. Uh, with some of our institutions, and it may be more accurate than um, than what it first sounds like. Anyway, four five seven twelve ninety. We've talked about here how sometimes people grow up culturally uh, indoctrinated one way or the other, or at least part of some kind of a tribal um, uh, thought uh, pattern. And people tend to look for information that supports then what they already believe. This is a little bit of the "I like what I know, I know what I like" syndrome where you then start to feed on things that maybe you've heard early on and always try to fit them up against um, some prior message that you heard, but it only goes so far because a lot of times people don't delve into an issue. They don't have the patience. They don't have the discipline. They don't have the form or the environment to really dig into issues and consider another point of view. And that often is what happens. So whether you see a, you know, energized march going on in, in Washington, whether you see sound bites on the TV, very often it's so, so thin in terms of what people actually get into on the issue that, uh, you know, people don't exchange facts and figures and dynamics and history and all of the things that tend to make for a more cogent, responsible conversation. People also think about morality differently. Um, liberals and conservatives may have different different definitions about moral issues. According to Jonathan Haidt, a, Dem- a Democrat who's a psychologist, Democrats and Republicans may disagree on political issues because of different moral foundations. And these uh, moral foundations drive a lot of the decision-making built around several key categories. Does an issue have a consideration of harm to others? Does it promote fairness? Are you being loyal to one's group? So you know, that thing about being loyal again you know, what you knew growing up. Uh, Are you supporting established authority? Are you avoiding things that are seen as impure and harmful? And so some of the moral things that people look at within those, uh, those lenses right there may drive how they have some conversations. And the research that he has done has looked at that more deeply. And I'll point you toward that when we come back. We're talking polarization today. It has nothing to do with fuzzy white bears or Coke cans or ice flows or any of that kind of stuff. That's that's polar berries. That's a terrible joke. Never mind. Polarization. Four, five, seven, twelve, ninety. As we continue today, you're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 957 WHIL. Thanks for being here this morning. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Yes, there are superheroes. They're called moms. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin reminding you to stop by James Free Jewelers today and visit their Super Mom Selfie Stage. Take a selfie in their superhero backdrop and post it on Instagram with the hashtag James Free Supermom. Then you'll be entered to win a $500 James Free gift card. Use it to get a repair of diamond studs or that Gucci jewelry she's marveled over in magazines. Winners announced Saturday, May 11th at noon, so get to James Free at 
3100 Far Hills today. No purchase necessary to win. See jamesfree.com slash supermom for more details. Hi, I'm Danielle from Burns Garden Center, your local garden grower. We've been providing the Miami Valley with incredible plants and local knowledge that produce eye-popping gardens for three generations. This weekend, only at Burns, get a hanging basket of super healthy and colorful flowers for just $10. That's right, just $10 for a hanging basket full of fresh, locally grown flowers. Get them while they last. Come visit us in Beaver Creek or Middletown. You've got to see Burns. Stock market instability, volatility, and losing money is a big concern. But it doesn't have to be. With a structured retirement plan, you can protect your money and forward your financial progress toward retirement. You don't have to risk your future riding the stock market roller coaster. Call the Miami Valley's retirement resource and author of Income Allocation, David Gaylor at Tradewinds Financial Group, 800-385-0437. That's 800-385-0437. And tune in Saturdays at 3 for your game plan for retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. At Jeff Schmidt Auto Group, we have seven state-of-the-art service facilities. All seven locations have modern waiting areas with free amenities. Or drop off your car and drive off in one of our complimentary loaner vehicles. If you're too busy to come in on a weekday, schedule a Saturday appointment or use one of our 24-7 drop boxes. Your car will be taken care of by one of our certified technicians who are always kept up with the latest training. From an oil change to a major collision, come to Jeff Schmidt Auto Group and experience the advantage. Hi, I'm Brian from 1-800-GOT-JUNK. She wants you to add on a bedroom and I want a two-car garage. Follow me. This is where I want you to add on a bedroom. We've been using it as a storage room. This room is huge. My turn. When stuff quits working, this is where I put it. A two-car garage! We donate the donatables and recycle the recyclables. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK! Or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.com. Hi, this is Wesley with Everybody Fitness, and we are extending our offer for a free 30-day membership. That's right. You can still check us out free for 30 days with no purchase necessary. Get your free 30-day membership by stopping in or check us out online at everybodyfitness.com. Savings are blooming this season during Cedar Hill Furniture's annual springtime sales event, your hometown destination for quality name brand furniture for less. Springtime savings event going on now. At Cedar Hill Furniture, you're going to love the change. Starting off with areas of patchy fog around the Miami Valley, temperatures near 50 degrees as we go throughout the day, passing showers mostly through the afternoon. Areas to the south, you'll see those showers lasting into the evening as well. Into the overnight hours, skies clearing up, temperatures dropping to 47 degrees and we'll start off Sunday with sunny skies and a high near 70 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There's a Season. I'm Bob. Gloria's been away today, but uh, she will return shortly. She always comes back and usually brings... Hint, hint. Snacks. Wonderful snacks and great things to eat and fresh coffee and well, Javon, at least I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to see what she can bring back here in a nice platter for us next week. We've been talking polarization today. I want to thank again Edward for joining us uh, in that conversation, joining me on uh, some of the reasons why we seem so polarized as a nation. A couple other things to think about along this this uh, topic line. Um, one would be suspicion toward inst- uh, institutions. This is something Ben Sass gets to in the book, Them, which I keep promising that we'll do a more thorough deep dive on. Uh, but... When you think about uh, our trust in institutions, we've talked about this with regard to the church. We've talked about it since Watergate, about politics. Uh, our trust has plummeted in these institutions. It's a consumer society. We've got choice after choice after choice. It's a technologically advanced society, and it's filled with opportunities to invent and reinvent ourselves online. And it's left us increasingly disoriented. We make more choices than ever before, but we feel less confident about the choices we've made. They don't have that much value to us. In the past, institutions helped to provide kind of a buffer between the state and the individual. The family, the neighborhood, the church, even the union, all of these groups provided a constraint of sorts on the types of choices we made. We were accountable to these environments. We trusted also that these institutions would mediate they would be a source of guidance in helping us navigate the choices we confronted. 
Now we overtrust the self because we've got technology and we've got independence, and we tend to view institutions with suspicion, right? This is called the unwinding of freedom. More than ever, the world that we've created grants us freedom, freedom to go away, freedom to return, freedom to change our story, freedom to change our facts, to get hired, to get fired, to get high, to marry, to divorce, to go broke, to begin again, to start a business, to have it both ways and all ways, to take it to the limit, walk away from the ruins, succeed beyond our dreams and boast about it, to fail abjectly and try again. All of this freedom also brings its illusions for all of these pursuits are as fragile as thought balloons popping against the circumstances. This is from Trevin Wax, who writes for thegospelcoalition.org. Interesting thoughts from him. A lot of this freedom leaves us on our own. It leaves us isolated. More Americans than ever live uh, alone, but even a family can exist in isolation. Uh, we've talked about that with the digital addiction show, so people are all off in different rooms on their devices doing their own things, right? Uh, communities pop up overnight, and they're gone within a generation. When this or that thing moves, whether it's a plant, a factory, a strip mall, whatever, uh, things like churches, government, businesses, charities, unions, when these institutions have lost a lot of their value, it tends to leave us out on our own. We also have a certain suspicion of our neighbors. The politicized world, the polarized world, is a world in decline, decline of trust in other human beings. We have a world of increasing diversity with more options for pursuing whatever we want in life, but we reconceive our purpose in life as finding and becoming ourselves. Everyone thinks personal self-growth and self-fulfillment are the end-all and be-all of life, and we're more likely to see other people in terms of their usefulness. Are they helping me fulfill my destiny? Or are these people in opposition? Are they getting in the way of my dream. Ponder those things. The next time you're about to have a serious discussion or even a heated short discussion with somebody with an opposing view, how much of this is really my worldview that I'm looking to advance in a fragile kind of way? And how much of what I'm talking about is guided by good thought, reason, research, maybe an institution that also shares a lot of my beliefs? Talked about polarization today. You can find this in a lot of other programs by checking out the podcast page at whio.com. And again, we're going to have all of this indexed and recategorized for you shortly on our new website coming out shortly. I appreciate you being here with us today. If you have any questions, please write to me at Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. Remember, dear friends, never regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. For my dear friend and co-host, Gloria, for my wonderful producer, Javon, and all who make the show possible. I want to thank you, and I want to thank you, dear listener, for being here today. You've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Have yourself a blessed week. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.